Welcome to The One That Works For You, the podcast that celebrates the little things you can do as a business owner to find that oh-so-elusive trifecta, fulfillment, balance, and success. I'm Liv Steigrad, a brand strategist and copywriter and owner of The Branding Psychologist. My co-host, Martha Bernard-Ray, is an SEO copywriter, TEDx speaker, and founder of WorkCandy. On this podcast, we talk to business owners in the messy middle as they work out what the balance looks like for them and how they get it done on the daily. Our biggest lesson? From money to mindset, building a lifestyle you love to chasing what makes you joyful, the very best system is the one that works for you. Welcome back to The One That Works For You. Today, we have Nick Akanan, who is the co-owner of Pink Dog Studio, a retail branding agency. He's a bit of a family man, living with his romantic and business partner, Carter. They have a son, a cat, a new puppy, and a business partner all the way over in Chile. And Nick is actually also an old friend and co-worker of mine from back in the day when we both used to work at um, Endeavor Group. So I'm very, very happy to have you on the show today, Nick. Welcome. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> um, sorry for the the, uh, the nerves. This is the first time for me doing a podcast, but I'm very excited to do this one. I have listened to a few of your episodes. So um, yeah, That's- looking forward to this. That's great. We love taking people's podcast cherries. Oh my God. Yeah. This is a safe space. <laughs> we love this it. is a safe space. So can you yeah. tell us, like I'm I'm a copywriter. Um, but when Liv said that you own a retail branding agency, what's the difference between like say branding for an online business and branding for a retail situation? Um, look, so with with our business, we sort of started um, the three. Okay, let me give the context of the background of, of how it. our mm-hmm. business started. Basically, yeah. um, our business is the combination of the three of us. So it's myself, my partner, my romantic partner, Katha, who is uh, a sort of film and uh, sort of film background, that kind of area. My background's graphic design. And then our third partner is Katha's brother, my brother-in-law, Yuri. Um, and he comes from an industrial design, interior design background. So we it, sort of came together and go, you know, we're kind of a little bit sick of working for big companies. We're all, we've all done it for a long time. Um, you know, we've all been in the industry for 15 plus years. And we just sort of thought, why are we doing this for someone else all the time? Why aren't we doing it for ourselves, you know? So we, yeah, so we put together Pink Dog and it sort of started first as a, what we called a creative uh, collaboration where we just kind of, if we had jobs that we could do together, we grabbed them and and did them. Sometimes it was just projects that we wanted to do. Like uh, we'd made a documentary for Yuri, who's also a street artist. So we did a sort of street art documentary for him. Um, And that's kind of how we started. So we've been sort of around for a bit over two years now. And at the start of this year, uh, Kata and I went over to Chile. I uh, quit my job, my full-time job working at Endeavour. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. Um, big step for me. Um, and we moved, We went over to Chile for two months just to kind of A, see family and B, kind of catch up and kind of decide, hey, what are we actually going to do with the business? Yeah. So in that sort of Two months we were there, we sat down, we kind of 
fleshed out a business plan. We kind of worked out where our niche was, um, something that I think all businesses should do immediately. I'm, I can't believe we waited two years to do that. That was insane. Controversial opinion. We're definitely <laughs> going to come back to that, but please continue. <laughs> um, yeah, I think niching down is, is incredibly important, so I'm happy to speak about that. Mm. Um, and, yeah, so, so while we were there, we just kind of went like, okay, who are our clients and, and, and what do we want to do? Like, who do we want our clients to be? Yeah. And we kind of came to the realization that a lot of our clients are retailers and not just retailers in store. We have some that are just online. We have, um, we have a whole bunch of different retailers, but the one thing they had in common was they were mostly retailers, a few outside of retail, but the vast majority mm. retailers. So we kind of thought, okay, maybe retail is kind of the area you want to stick to. So we kind of made that our, our niche. And then from that, we've kind of even in the last, I don't know, three or four months niche down a little bit further. And we've just kind of looked at like, okay, which areas of retail do we really want to attack first? Um, further, like further down the track, we may expand on that a bit. But um, at the moment, we just sort of thought liquor retailers, I have a lot of background in that, uh, six, ah. six plus years in that. So we thought we'll start with those um, food, just food and beverage in general, we thought, and also they're kind of a fun space to play in. So we thought, let's yeah. go there. Um, and then things like fashion um, are another another sort of area we like to explore. So we've got uh, a fashion retailer we've been working with in Chile called Fluorescencia. Uh, they make these kind of cool handmade bags. They're all used recycled material. They're all unisex and very like modern. Um, cool. So they kind of, they're, uh-huh. I'll find a tag sometime and I'll show you, but they've got this great tag that kind of says, you know, made from recycled materials uh you know gender diverse um yeah. all of this and they they, mm. they also have these like cool slogans and stuff on them and and they're just they're just yeah. cool materials cool, so yeah. we work with them and and yeah and we we you know we're looking for for more sort of fashion retailers and stuff now so yeah. but our main focus at the moment is probably food and beverage we've got a few a few clients at the moment that we're working with in that space love that and so when you work with retailers with their branding, like, I mean, I'm very sort of um, accustomed to the online space, but when you're working with people that have physical shops, so do you do, you know, like their logo, color, fonts, palettes, all of that kind of thing? And then also, do you, are you doing like interior design, like helping them with the shop fit outs? Like how broad is it when you're working with um, retails? Brands. Yeah, you um you you pretty much hit the nail on the head there. So um we have this what we call a three sixty solution. I guess is we want to look at brands um how they sort of come together um all together sort of physical on their website and through social media, and we want to look at how those journeys link together because I feel that there's a lot of branding agencies out there that will do one that will do the brand and then after they've done the brand they'll hand it off to another agency one agency will take the social one agency will do the interior design and it's all sort of over the place and we just want to take all of those things and put them together and look at the brand as a whole big picture Mm. um that also sort of allows us more opportunities to do things like integrate the social media things into the in-store experience so you know working at how we can connect those two experiences together make the Mm. make them all connect um, which I think is really, really useful today, especially, you know, because the, the retail, retail environment is changing so quickly. Like it's, it's yeah. always changing, you know, what There's platforms so you advertise on changes yeah. every minute almost. And, you know, you've got like social media algorithms changing all the time. You have to constantly evolve. So um, mm. we just kind of thought it was a good thing to, to look at it all together. 
I had no idea until like last year when I was talking to Liv, she was telling me about like, what is it? Like smell-o-vision or something? Scent branding. (laughs) (laughs) It's not Nick. It's not smell-o-vision. But I was like, oh my God, I did not know that this was a thing. Um, Yeah, there are agencies that just focus on creating like customized scents for, you know, when you're building a a retail precinct or a hotel or something. Well, and you do. You all they do. Yeah, you go into those luxury hotels or, you know, shops. And it is a whole experience. Mm. But I was like, oh my God, I did not know that this was a thing. So, you know. Yeah. But thank you. Yeah, I didn't know it was a thing either, to be honest. (laughs) Well, now you do. (laughs) Yeah. I am leading the way in Smell-O-Vision, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) I think also like the good thing about having such a holistic view of – like your digital branding and your in the flesh branding is that there are so many ways now to link them. Like you can have, you know, in store ways to connect to the digital. Um, You can have like photo booths. There's like augmented reality. Like there's so many ways to create a really exceptional experience, which you can only really um, utilize if you have like one mastermind behind your Mm like physical space yeah. and your digital space. So that is very cool. But yeah. going back to what you said about niching, the the question that just screamed out at me when you said that, because you it sounds like you have a very strong opinion on niching, but you guys have a lot of experience. So do you think that people who have maybe two years experience or are just starting out and they're starting their own businesses, do you think that it's as important for them to niche? Because it's hard to know when you don't have 15 years of experience and, you know. Liv's, Liv's asking for a friend and that friend is me <laughs> and her. <laughs> um, I would say yes. I would say even more so um, because it's not it's not because you need to work out where you're going to be at the start and that niche can move. You, you, you don't have to be locked to whatever you decide on day one and you, you probably should change it up as you as you go. Um, based on what clients you're getting and things like that. The reason I think it's important is because it just helps you kind of focus down and go, okay, this is what we're going to do and we're going to do this area well and we're not spreading ourselves thin trying to do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's so important because there's just so much to do when you when you have a new business. Like yeah. I'm sure you guys both have the same experience as we do. Maybe you don't. Um, I don't want to push that on you. Um, but, you know, uh, a lot of people that do branding don't really do their own branding very much. You know, they don't Guilty. focus that much on their own brand um, because you're too busy doing other stuff, right? Yeah. You've, yeah. Got, you've got to, you know, you've, you've got client work to yeah. do. You've, you've, got to, you've got to get clients. You've, you've got to do all of these things and you just don't have the time for your own brand. I think it's important. I think you need to do it. I think, mm. like, I try and set 10% of my working week to work on our own brand but it doesn't happen every week some weeks yeah. it just falls by the wayside some weeks you just have to focus on the client stuff um yeah the clients are everything right you need those you need that money coming in so you can keep on growing so you can build your business so um I just think yeah niching down helps you kind of laser focus where you want to be at. and you also like I said you don't have to be stuck to it um mm. one of the things I did when we were writing our business plan recently uh at the start of the year was I, ch- I found a business plan that was 
um, like a six month business business plan. And the idea is you kind of make this six month business plan and then you assess it every sort of three months and you change it and you don't go too deep into it. You don't do a, a 60 page business plan super in detail. You just do sort of top level and then you change it as you go because you don't know where you're going at the start. You just don't. Mm. Well, and that's like, um, Liv, that's very much in line with sort of Verity, who's my business strategist slash friend, is she does this agile strategy, right? So it's the idea isn't I'm going to niche into this like extremely specific thing and I'm going to create all these assets and I'm going to make it just so, you know, like um, like building yourself into a corner, but like when mm. Nick says he has niched and he says, you know, we work predominantly with food and beverage companies, like that's not the tightest niche in the world, right? Like, so yeah. it's, I think there's, there are people that are like, no, you have to be like, I write this kind of copy for this kind of boss bitch. Like it's that really <laughs> like really surface level cheesy niche, I think is not what Nick is talking about. And obviously not what you are talking about either, Liv, but like, I think that having, you know, an understanding of like who your clients, who you want them to be and who you don't want yeah. them to be. And like, then, you know, cause I noticed in your notes, Nick, uh, and shout out to Lene Carmichael, you identified that you liked Lene's 15 minute LinkedIn yeah. sprint and I mean, I really liked that idea too. And I even put it in my plan, but I have never not once done it. Um, but I'm a whole different kettle of fish. <laughs> How is that going? Are you, are you doing it? No. <laughs> no. I'm the same as you. I say I'm yeah. going to do it and I haven't got to it. I'm like, um, it's such a good idea. Yeah, it, it really is. It was fantastic. I just, it, mm. it was a brain spark moment for me. I went, that's, yeah. that's incredibly good. That's a, a great sort of simple way to do something. Mm. Yeah. And I liked her suggestion of like, so for in that 15 minutes, I engage in my niche, you know, in the area mm. that I really want to be working in. And that's what I do for that 15 minutes. And like, imagine being the type of person who could do that. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've read a lot of, a lot of, you know, posts and emails and things talking about that kind of thing. And I feel like I'm starting to see like two broad sort of camps about working on your business. And there are the people that do a little bit every day, whether that's like 15 minutes or someone else that I was reading, he said, um, I spend 45 minutes every morning working on my own marketing and my business would not have grown as much as it did if I hadn't done that every single weekday. Mm -hmm. And then there are people that set aside one whole day. So it's kind of like yeah. what suits you more doing like a focused chunk or doing it in regular manageable yeah. chunks. And I mean, just like the name of this podcast, it's about finding the one that works for you. Is it oh not? <laughs> it's just, it's universal. It's just it universal. It is. It is. <laughs> um, but so Nick, okay. So you're not doing 15 minutes a day on LinkedIn and you have a small child and two animals and a partner and you're all living and loving and working from the same house. So Tell us about your organized chaos. How on earth do you, just how, how do you? <laughs> um, <laughs> Great question. I, I don't know. Is this a video podcast or is this just audio? 
It's a story. Okay. Well, the podcast listeners won't be able to see this, but you guys can see behind me I have a little whiteboard. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. on that whiteboard we just write a list. Uh, yeah, there's so a lot simple. of words it's- on that whiteboard. Yeah, that's the wrong side of the whiteboard. That's a brainstorm. But um, on the other side, it's just a list of of actionable items. And then what we also have is we have like a a five-minute jobs, like a little section where we just put five-minute jobs. So anything we can knock out quickly, we put them there and we try and knock them out first first thing. Um, However, I'm also trying to implement this strategy of eat the frog. I don't know if you've heard of it. It means Mm. basically you do the toughest task of your day at the first first uh thing and it that works incredibly well for me uh i it just i'm a massive procrastinator at times and um it just helps me stop procrastinating as soon as i do it my head's clear and it makes my brain space for the rest of the day just work so much better so um that's something we sort of try to do to to organize the chaos um but yeah it's just kind of plugging away and then just looking back at that list whenever we can I, i i think I honestly think a whiteboard list is amazing, even if it's really old school and really simple. Yeah, is the frog that you the frog that you eat is that usually like client work? Is that usually like a big chunk of focused work, or is it like annoying admin kind of things? Like what what's the frog usually? It can be all of it, to be honest. Um, it just depends day to day. Sometimes it's uh, we have a pitch we have to get done, and we just focus on the pitch. Um, other days it's, Hey, I've, I've got, I don't know, six hours of email coding I've got to do. So I'm just going to put my headphones on and, and code the, up the emails. Um, it, it really depends. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes it is those just a lot of like little admin annoying tasks, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, sending client invoices and, and things like that. So is it like every day you look at the list and just from the vibes, you're like, that's the frog today. Exactly that. Exactly that. Yeah. I usually know. I usually know the day before and it usually haunts me in my sleep. (laughs) Do you know what would I think be a fun addition is like if you had a frog stamp or something and like you could put that stamp (laughs) next to the thing. Like a frog magnet that you can put on the... (laughs) put that on the whiteboard and then when you look at... It's really... I'm I'm smiling about eating the frog because over the weekend somebody was telling me about how they're reading this book that's talking about eating the frog and she just went on and on about it. All you do is you do the most disgusting biggest ugliest frog first and blah 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 blah. and it was just like and then I was like oh my god I think my ADHD is cured like I just was like that sounds like a great idea (laughs) but it's that yeah that so did you get this idea from a book or did you like see it somewhere where did this come from sorry it's it's a known it floats around like I've come across the the concept and the Mm. phrase yeah, yeah I, I hadn't heard it until recently um, and my business mentor actually brought it up with me and he, he talked about it and I was like, I was actually kind of unconsciously doing it and just yeah. didn't have a name for it. So now I have a name yeah. for it. Great. Um, but, but yeah. We actually have an episode um, planned for in a couple of weeks from now where we are going to just discuss the whole time because some people – have a natural like inclination to eat the frog first and then relax in whatever time is left over. And some people will prioritize like filling their cup and do relaxation or creativity first and then kind of do the hard thing later. And I can see so many pros and cons. So I'm definitely keep an eye out for that episode Mm -hmm. when it comes out. It's going to be, it's going to be an interesting discussion. Um, But how do you, 
Okay, so that's how you organize the chaos of your business. But how do you manage, like, because you're working from home and how do you, between you and Carter, handle it, you know, with your son and with the animals and everything like that? Like, do you just, do you have, I don't know, set work hours? Do you alternate days for childcare? Like, how do you manage all of that together? Yeah, good question. Um, I have a fantastic mother-in-law that is one of the hugest helps for us. So our uh, my mother-in-law, um, she's from Chile. She lives in Chile, but she lives here now about six months of every year and she stays with us. And in that six months, she takes care of my son on Thursdays and Fridays. Sometimes my mum helps out too. Um, and the other three days he goes to childcare. So sort of on a normal day, we get up, take, drop, you know, make lunches, do all the morning routine, drop him off Mm. to daycare and then just do a day of work. Um, During that day, um, sometimes my sister will drop him home. My sister's child also goes to the centre, so sometimes she'll bring them both home, which is a a great time saver. great. Um, And, yeah, sometimes he (laughs) might even go over to their house for a little bit afterwards, which is good. Um, In terms of how we manage the business hours around that, uh, sometimes it is the the nine to five and other times we kind of break it up and we do a little bit after he goes to bed or something like that. And we also kind of have to do that because we run our business out of two countries, Chile and Australia, and we have clients in both countries. It's crucial we have those meetings and catch-ups. So we have these catch-ups that are either very early in the morning and sort of 8 a.m. meeting for us. It's not that early, I guess, Mm. Um, or a sort of, 10 p.m. meeting so yeah, it's right. it's one or the other so we just kind of like I said organize chaos we, we, yeah. it switches up week to week I'm not a person for structure I don't like doing the same thing day in day out mm. it, it drives me mad I like a little bit of change it up I don't like my I don't like a routine mm. um so yeah we, we mix it up every week really um but yeah we have those sort of three three days booked in with childcare, which is great help um and also our, our son's you know He's pretty good. He's uh, he's he's not that distracting. He's getting louder though. How old is <laughs> he? He gets older. Uh, he's almost four. He turns four in September. Cute. Um, and so when it comes to sort of, you know, you mentioned that was it at the end of last year you left your full time gig? Is that it was the start of this year. It was February the start of this year. year. So how did you kind of? I mean, when you have a child and you know you're putting like, you know, I started a business, but my husband has a different job and there's, you know, there's a lot going into that decision to quit your job and put everything into the business. Mm, How, especially when it's the two of you yeah, in the same business. What was the process that you went through to kind of decide like, yep, yeah, now's the time to do this? This is a fun one to answer. Uh, <laughs> um, it was a, it was a process. It was it was kind of fun. It was kind of crazy. It was kind of a massive leap of faith. Um, yeah. Basically, um, it all came down to we needed to spend two months in Chile. There wasn't really a, a there wasn't a, no, uh, any other way to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kata hadn't been back in five years. Uh, yeah. Basically, last time we wanted to go to Chile, my son was less than six months old uh we had a flight booked to chile and the pandemic kicked off COVID. like literally three days before we were meant to fly all the yeah. flights got cancelled yeah so right. you know we lost our tickets we three grand down the drain um and you know 
we just we've just been hanging out for so long to to get over there for um for Matty's um Matty's my son uh, for Matty's grandparents to meet him for his uh, uncles to meet him for yeah. his whole extended family over there to meet him so it was just sort of a non-negotiable we needed to yeah. go for a, a big period of time yeah. um and I broached the topic with my boss and she said no can't happen sorry we can't we can't let you go for two months um it's just not possible um we'd rather you know, let the, you the go best- forever Essentially, yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. So I just said, look, like uh, we have to. I don't really have an option here. Yeah. Um, I guess I resigned. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was kind of like just just jumping out there, just taking the leap. Mm. Um, however, I, I want to make it really clear that I understand that not, not everyone can do that and there's a Definitely. reason why I could do it um, and that's just because I had some financial support from my family. Mm. Um Basically, my mother and father had a bit of spare money, and they just said, "Look, we'll help you out with the mortgage this year. Mm. Um, we'll make sure you know you can you can live this year." So basically, they've helped us out this year, so we can just establish the business. Um, it's an amazing help. They yeah. love them for it. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I understand that, especially in this time, like money's so tight for everybody. Um, mm. Everything's so bloody expensive at the moment. Mm. Um, and it's not just Australia, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, people are struggling. So it, it's tough to make these these huge decisions. And it's, it's you know, I'm, I'm not just someone that's like amazing at business and I, I could do it <laughs> because I know the money was going to flow in. I didn't. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It was a big leap of faith for me too. Um, and, you know, I've been nervous as hell the whole time yeah um but I feel I feel it was the right decision certainly yeah well and huge respect for like being open about that situation yeah. because we you know Liv and I talk about this a lot and when it was time for me to quit my job I have a husband who earns good money and so we could manage right so but it's very important to acknowledge those things and you know it's still it doesn't mean that you know it's not scary or it's not a risk but it takes away that like well we'll have a roof over our head and you know it it, yeah it it's like a much more considered and intentional like process and it it makes it a lot easier for other people who are like aspiring to do that to understand like you know if this feels really hard for you it is really hard. It's because it is really hard. Yeah. yeah. And also like it's not just like it's not just the financial support. It's also, you know, the help with childcare and the help with yeah. childcare sorry. pickups and the help with, you know, your your mother-in-law and your mom being around sometimes. Yeah. Like all of that makes it it just takes so much pressure off because the I know this now because I have two kittens. Um, the little <laughs> things add up. <laughs> Like just the constant little, like the fact that, you know, the early morning is my best work time and I can no longer roll out of bed, pour a coffee onto my face and, and spend a couple hours working. I have to, you know, check the kittens, clean the litter box, give them food. Then I have to play with them for a while because they're so fucking cute. And and then it's like eight o'clock and I've missed two hours of my best window. So With a child, I can imagine it's all of that exponentially. It's like it's like almost as much <laughs> yeah. work as that. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, the, the puppy is the bigger the biggest stressor at the moment. Yeah, yeah I can imagine, especially a new he's, puppy. Yeah, he's twelve weeks old. He's dug up our garden. He's 
pulled plants out. He's uh, chewed on almost everything. He's uh, poos and wees inside all day long. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's chaos, um, but he's, he's amazing. He's so beautiful. What sort of dog yeah. is he? Uh, he is a rescue, so we don't really know, but he looks like a blue cattle dog mixed with a staffy, maybe. Holy dooly. Mm. Okay. That's a lot of dog. Do you, I, I've got yeah. two dogs myself and I really recommend the spray bottle or like the water gun. Um, mm-hmm. my dogs are massive and they're still like, we have these little ones and for jumping, especially like just, and we pull the thing out and they're like, okay, yeah. You know, I get it. I'm not going to do that anymore. But it's, yeah, puppies are super intense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. great having the support. Well, what were we going to yeah. say, Martha? I, no, I don't remember. But yeah, it just sounds like your families are yeah. amazing. And yeah, they are. Great. Yeah. I love that um, for you. And when you were still at your full time job, before you knew that financial support was an option, I know from when we were working together that you were kind of toying with the idea and considering um, doing Pink Dog full-time. What were some of, like, what was some of your thought process when you were like, should I, shouldn't I? What were some of your sort of for and against reasons that you thought about while you were just considering things still? Yeah, sure. Um, Easy, really. Um, Just... The, the freedom to do your own thing, the freedom to be your own boss is, is huge. Like it changes mm. how you think. I feel like mentally I feel way less stressed. Even though I'm doing more, I'm probably working longer hours. I'm probably doing a lot of things that I've never done before and I'm learning. It's just less, it, I'm just not locked to something that I don't, you know, I don't have to do things that I don't want to do essentially. There, there is things that I don't want to do that I have to do also, but yeah, but the it's for a different end. Things. Like it's not exactly. to make money for somebody else. It's to like exactly make a right. future for yourself and your family. Yeah. And I think the thing that's so satisfying about running your own business is that most of the time there's a very direct relationship between how much effort you put in and what you get out of it. Yeah, that's like, right too. You know, you work hard you work longer hours and then you like finish the project and the client's really happy and you you know then get referrals and da 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 like it's just you can see you can see the um impacts of everything you do which is so much more satisfying whereas like in a full-time job you just get your salary whether you work hard and give it your all or whether you just sit there and like scratch your nose all day <laughs> like it you know yeah. that's, <laughs> which, that's like, you right know, that, that does have its moments right like I yeah in my yeah. last office job I did like the majority of my master's while I was at work getting paid and so that was great but yeah it's just a completely different kettle of fish yeah. um so the what else did we we have a new question what is it Liv sorry um how do you know that you have had a successful day? Like what are the key elements that make a day successful to you? Not just in your work, but in your life as a whole. Oh, deep question. (laughs) That one I don't have an answer for that quickly. Um, I don't know. Um, Maybe I don't know the answer to this question. Uh, It's it's okay if you – I guess sometimes you – I guess you just feel it. Like I guess I can just feel it in my gut or not. Like – I, I, there's some days I feel like I, I like I really got nothing done, and 
you just have to look back at that checklist and go, hey, what have I done? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you guys do this, but I do this thing with if I change what I'm doing and I do something that's not on my checklist that just happens to pop into it, I write it back down on my checklist and cross it off. Absolutely. So I can see that I've done it. We're not monsters. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That's just part of the human condition. Um, yeah. <laughs> are there things that, is it like, okay, you know, is part of your successful day, are, are there non-work sort of um, goals? Like, you know, I want to make sure I get outside or go for a run or do this thing or have time for this. Is, what outside of work things do you like to have kind of on the boil? 100% easy. Um, I have to play with my son. I have to do daddy sometime um, yeah. or just family time in general um i have to go to the gym uh, that's mm-hmm. a new thing for me i've been i used to go to the gym a lot in my 20s then fell out of it for a very 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 long time and mm-hmm. i'm 38 so i've only just started sort of getting back into it again and mm. in the last sort of year or so and i need it now it, it, yeah. it's, it changes how yeah. my brain works and i want to do it in the morning if I can if I can do it in the morning it's the best because then my whole day goes smoother after that Mm, um but just getting it in there at some point really helps um I'd like to say getting out but it's I'm 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 kind of the person that just sits at my desk all day and eats my lunch at my desk um but when I do get out I, I I feel better for it so I should make that more of a plan um we've got a pub that's sort of 10-minute walk, not even five-minute walk from our house. Um, so also Kat and I sometimes will get up there and have a lunch um, and we call it a business lunch and we actually talk work mm-hmm. and um, that helps too, just doing something like that. But then how do you like get – so we're building a house at the moment and it's like the only thing we ever talk about. How do you stop that – thing of like it's dinner time and you're sitting across from your partner who's also your business partner yeah do you you, are you you ever like oh my god let's talk about our feelings like how do you do that (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna be honest with you um sometimes we get really stuck in just talking about work and we both say like hey we're talking about work too much like it it happens you can get caught up in it and sometimes there is weeks where we honestly just talk about work and it's not good it's uh it's really not so uh it's it's something that uh, both Kat and I have discussed and it, it's something we're working on um, getting mm. better at. Uh, it's tough. I, I don't really have a good answer for the question yeah. or what the solution is, but we're working on trying to fix that up and trying to make sure that we're not just talking about work all the time. It's really – so last week I created a family Asana board for David and I, and one of the things that I put on there is like – so um, August is coming up, and in August we live like in the back of beyond. There's nowhere to go and nothing to do, but I was like we have to – Like in August, I'm going to plan a thing for us to do. And planning involves deciding what it is, if we need a babysitter, organizing the babysitter and organizing that thing. And so every other month, it's like the other person's job to do that because we've just realized like David's been on holiday for a month and we've done like family stuff, but we haven't done anything like just us. And so I think that... Like, and also we've put on that Asana board, like these are all the, because we've got two kids, these are all the things that have to happen and who's doing them. And so it feels like there's like less friction around like 
you said you were going to do this thing and like everybody forgets things. And so now we just assign things to each other. (laughs) (laughs) That's um, that's a great idea. I might try it. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's, it's actually working because there are, you know, there's, he's a paramedic. He's got a really busy, weird job. And so things kind of go in and out and, And I kind of, the other day I was like, you know, like I'm the one who has ADHD, but I shouldn't be the only one who has strategies to like get stuff happening. And he's like, yeah, yeah, fair enough. So we've both been assigning things to each other and it's working so far. And so hopefully that I think might take some of the like just grump out of, you know, everyday existing so that when we do sit down, it's not like, did you do menene? Because it's like, oh, I know you did it. Um, mm. But it's, yeah, I really hear you, Nick. It's really tricky to like keep that, like, you know, intentionally doing nice things that, you know, aren't related to work and aren't related to building the house or looking after the kids or whatever. It's tricky. Yeah. How long have you guys been together? Uh, so that's seven years now. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's interesting, but yeah. So that, and that, so that successful day, I guess is, yeah. About that feeling of productivity, but also taking care of your own, you know, needs and, and having time Mm -hmm. with the family, which is a delightfully successful day. Yeah. I have a question, which I think could be a whole other podcast episode in itself, but if you could try and like summarize a quick answer. Sure, go What's for it. the main um, thing that you would tell people who are considering starting a business with their romantic partners? Oh, um, <laughs> it's tough sometimes. Um, sometimes things that are unrelated to the work will get in the way um, and also like we just discussed, sometimes work gets in the way of if romance. Um, I would say make sure that you, you're very conscious of your, your romance as well. Don't just think about work. Um, that, that can have terrible, terrible outcomes. So mm-hmm. um, make, sure you, make sure you're focusing on the, the romance stuff too. Make sure you book those times to, to be away. And especially if you have kids, make sure it's not just stuff with kids. Make sure it's you guys as partners doing your own thing. Um, I've just booked two comedy shows in for us to go see next month, two different comedians. So that's something we like to do together. Um, and yeah, that just, just, you just need to make, make time for stuff outside of work. You need to make sure that work doesn't consume you. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's a very, very wise answer. So thank you for that. Um, now is there any, particular offer that you would like to share with our audience and if so how do they access it oh wow this went really quickly um uh yes absolutely we have an offer and we offer this so it can be to your audience but any we offer this to anybody that that sort of finds us um essentially we offer a 30 minute uh, brand consultation in that consultation we just sort of sit down with people have a quick chat get a little bit of an idea of the brand and kind of some suggestions of areas that we would probably attack first as to make their brand stronger or to achieve whatever goal they're currently looking to achieve. Mm. Um, So we offer that to all of our, uh, we offer that to anybody that finds us. So you can find that on our website, through our Instagram, um, anywhere sort of you find us. Um, Yeah. And where, speaking of, where can the people find you? What is your website, et cetera? 
Yes, our website is www. I don't think I need to say that anymore. Pink Dog Studio. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What does www stand for? I just want the whole thing. World Wide Web. World dot, Wide Web, yeah, which okay, is actually <laughs> World Wide Web, which is actually quicker than saying www. Yes. Right? Yes. Oh my god. Okay, I inter- I interrupted. So www. Oh, I did it too. PinkDogStudio.com. <laughs> And you're That's on, right. are you on LinkedIn and Instagram and all we're places? On, we're on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me. Um, my LinkedIn is, I think, forward slash N Akinen or Nick Akinen. Yep. Um, uh, we have a LinkedIn uh, for Pink Dog as well, which is just, I think, forward slash Pink Dog Studio. Yep. Um, our Instagram is forward slash PNKDOG. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a TikTok as well. I'm believe it's the same forward slash pnkdog um and that's about it in terms of, of socials places. i think that's all the great. places yeah uh, we've also got a threads too now oh not that great. we've done much with it but we've got <laughs> one like as does everybody i mean i kind of like it because it's text-based and i'm like i just feel like there should be no images allowed on threads because it's like the copywriter's dream like i come up with quippy shit all day long and now I don't have to make it into like a post. So I'm I'm kind of into it. But I know. Watch the space. Like I've threaded thrice or something. Um, <laughs> Nick, thank you so much. This has been really, really interesting and super awesome to meet you. No problem. This was not scary at all and was actually really fun. See, we told you. Had you had it here, folks. Yes. Me and Martha are not scary interviewers. <laughs> and actually kind of fun is going to be, I think, like <laughs> the pull quote from this episode. <laughs> Go for it. Yes. All right. Thanks so much, Nick. The One That Works For You is hosted by Liv Stigrad and me, Martha Barnard-Ray. If you liked the podcast, drop us a rating, send it to your friends, and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you didn't, it might be time to take a good long look at yourself.